Blog Talk Radio. You are listening to the Run to Daylight Football Funcast with your host, Todd Burroughs. to the latest installment of the Run to Daylight podcast. I'm your host, Todd Burrows. This is the first of our hopefully new series on the Run to Daylight podcast. Uh, I'm calling the series Get in the Ring. This is Get in the Ring 1. It is a combination of high-stakes players, mid-stakes players, analysts, and fans, uh, all in one draft. So it basically came about off of the comments of the big $350 FBG draft we did last year. And instead of fighting with people, I just started saying, hey, get in the ring. All right. So that is the, the, the history of it. And also, let's, let's be honest, uh, it's always cool to find something new to do. So I'm going to introduce all the people that are here on the pod and in the draft as well in a moment, but first I want to talk a little bit about our friends over at the FFPC who are hosting these podcasts. We're using their uh, best ball system, uh, tight end premium draft, uh, only have to start two wide receivers instead of three, which is a nice difference, and you've got kickers as well. So it's, uh, I always feel it's the most challenging format out on the market because there's so many different ways to build. Uh, we're going to talk more about the FFPC in a moment. Uh, we're in the first round, and Christian McCaffrey, uh, Saquon Barkley, Alvin Kamara, Ezekiel Elliott, David Johnson, Travis Kelsey, Austin went Joe Mixon over Melvin Gordon, so I think I'm going to probably go Melvin Gordon here in the first just stick to the, the draft board early. Um, I've been on the worst run of uh, draft picks you can imagine. So uh, this is this pod's also, uh, by the way, I'm, I'm trying to do eight things at once while drafting. Uh, someone new just came on with the area code 301. So I just added fan Curtis Mikella as well. Uh, we'll get to you in a minute, Curtis. We'll get to everyone in a few minutes. We're, the draft is live. Uh, if you want to be in a future draft, you can uh, first follow me on Twitter, if you're not already, at Todd from PA, and then DM me and say you want to get into a, a, one of the Get in the Ring drafts, and I will add you to the queue. We are also uh, brought uh to you today by uh, where I my, my day job in fantasy right now, which is the Quant Edge, and you can receive twenty twenty dollars for the rest of the season on our best ball package. Dan and I do a lot of podcasts uh, there. Uh, there's some articles and uh, you know, a, a Slack chat, so twenty dollars for that. Uh, 
TQE, though, has had a tremendous uh, betting season last year. And there, there is a special, if you want to get their uh, season-long DFS, uh, you can uh, use the code GETINTHERING, and you will save 25% on uh, the packages for the season, So, and 10% if you go monthly. So that gets the, the basics done. We're now heading into the second round. Um, it's pretty standard early. Uh, Darren Armani, Fantasy Mojo, is in the 12th spot. He just went Juju Smith-Schuster and Ju- uh, Julio Jones. Uh, Curtis, the fan, uh, out of 111, went Michael Thomas. Uh, Le'Veon Bell just went 2-3. And uh, now I'm on the clock. All right. So, Dan, why don't you take it for a minute and say hello? Hey everybody, uh, this is this draft is underway as Todd just said. Uh, we were letting him get a pick in. Uh, the last pick pick at 204 was Nick Chubb. Uh, so the the running backs have really disappeared. Uh, we've had let's see one two three four five six seven eight nine running backs have gone, and six wide receivers, one tight end so far. Yep, so, and uh, I just took the, Dalvin Cook at 204. Uh, over the tight end. So that was interesting. Uh, let me just introduce everyone, Dan. Uh, I know you don't have that information in front of you. So drafting out of the one spot is a fan. His name is Chase Simmons. He is not on the pod. Uh, a high stakes player, Noah Bloom, uh, who will call Noah B. You can find him on Twitter at GWWYG1. Noah Bloom, say hello. Howdy. Uh, what? Uh, tell us who your first pick was. Um, I went with uh, Saquon. Um, basically, it was either Saquon or CMC, so that was kind of easy. Now, just trying to uh, look for a little value here at the end of the uh, second. All right. In the third spot, uh, you know what? Let's do it backwards a little because they've all made two picks. Uh, Fantasy Mojo is the uh, the driving force behind the Pros versus Joes competition. Uh, I felt a little guilty that this is kind of similar to what you do, Darren, but hopefully it's different enough. Uh, you know, it's it's like a warm up for Pros versus Joes, but that's fine. This is we'll call it uh, you know preparation for the main event that's going to happen at the end of July. So the more the merrier. This is what people want to hear. They want to hear, you know, live drafts and, uh, you know, we certainly didn't innovate um, drafting online or drafting on the uh, on the radio. So no problems. Yep. But and, I, yeah. Um, I, I, speaking of the early uh, the the main event, uh, the, the, you know, the FFPC does the main event. It's a, uh, you can do it online or in Vegas. It's eighteen hundred and fifty dollars. There is a promotion right now, uh, an early draft slot announcement. All teams which are fully paid by Monday, July 22nd will be eligible for the early draft slot announcement and will receive their FFPC main event draft positions on Monday, July 29th, 2019. So this is a great time to register for the main event and get your draft slot before the draft begins so players can start their draft prep with their exact draft position in mind. 
Uh, it's also always good to mention that adding a second or more main event team makes a ton of sense as multiple team discount pricing is 1500 for online drafts. That's a 350 discount off the first team. Uh, I want to talk more later about the first draft uh, about uh, Vegas. We got two hours here, but I want to introduce everyone. Curtis McKella, can you say hello? Hey, everybody. What's going on? Why don't you tell us about your first two picks and any thought behind it? Yeah, so I started receiver, receiver. I uh, went with Michael Thomas and Odell Beckham. I was actually I was hoping to get Juju, but Fantasy Mojo snuck that one in uh, right off the bat. So I'm um, pretty happy, though. In the back of the, the first round, I feel like going receiver, receiver is a pretty solid start there. So I'm happy with what I got. All right. The next person is a frequent contributor to the TQE pods, uh, a guy that I uh, always try and uh, boost a little bit on Twitter. If you're not following him, you absolutely should. You can find him at Noah Rudell, R-U-D-D-E-L-L. Noah is out of the 10th spot today. Noah, say hello and tell us a little bit about your pick. Hey, um, well, I started with Devontae Adams at the at the ten, one ten, and uh, pretty happy with that pick. Of course, Hopkins went the pick ahead of me, and those are the the two receivers that I like the most at this point. So, I took Devontae Adams with my first pick, and then coming back around, I took Le'Veon Bell um, at the two o three, which you know this is PPR and his reception uh, value kind of helps to offset maybe a little bit of a a dip for him coming back in volume compared to what he used to have with Pittsburgh. So I'm fine with the picks so far. It's uh, just kind of middle of the road. Yep. Uh, Not concerned at all about Adam Gase uh, with Le'Veon Bell. He's been a guy that I've been pretty much fading. Yeah. I don't take Le'Veon Bell very much at all. Uh, Typically he's gone by then. But this being you know, a PPR that's best ball, I'm fine having you know a little bit of a foundation piece there. But he he does have more bust potential than say a Joe Mixon. You know, a lot of the time Joe Mixon is still there at the 203 when I do drafts. You know, with with you know less sharp competition. So I I, I don't have much Le'Veon Bell because the guys that I prefer to have are generally there instead of Le'Veon Bell. Out of the ninth slot today, we have Dave Terpoli who. Um does some work for the FFPC, is also a drafter himself. He's not with us on the pod. I'm in the A slot. As mentioned, I started Melvin Gordon and uh, Cook. I really thought about going Kittle, but I didn't. Uh, I'm up next. Uh, Is Austin on? Austin. All right. Austin is going to be in and out. He's in the seventh spot. Danny Muller is, I don't think, on. He's in the sixth spot. Uh, Dan, uh, in the fifth spot is Andrew Schellenberg. Why don't you ask him about his picks so far? All right, yeah. So, Andrew, uh, you went David Johnson uh, in the the first, and then Antonio Brown in the second. Uh, Do you have any concerns about Antonio out in Oakland? uh, New offense, new quarterback, um, what do you what do you think about him? Yeah, I like the. Uh, like Who Andrew? Pick. I was I was. Uh, you had the four spot in front of me, so I was looking at Zeke or David Johnson there. I like the David Johnson pick uh, at five. I think five's a 
pretty interesting spot to be this year. I uh, thought about going Hopkins there. Ultimately, decided to roll with Johnson. From a Brown perspective, uh, I, you know, even in a down year last year, I know it was with Roethlisberger. I think that Gruden's offenses throw, throw, throw. The one thing that Antonio Brown can do is get open, and uh, I'm looking for him to get open a lot this year um, in a passing offense. So hopefully, you know, maybe some you know talent in terms of quarterback goes down, but volume goes up, and that means fantasy points. To the team One this of the year. Big... And then I just went. Go ahead. No, I mean, I just went to Leonard Fournette. I think it's, again, one of those things where I'm looking for the Jaguars' offense to improve. Uh, Any improvement would be great. And I think that Fournette can be a huge part of that offense. I'm hoping some of that volume translates to uh, production. Yeah, I, I think he has got obviously some risk with the ankle and with his attitude. Uh, but if it wasn't for that, you wouldn't be getting him in the third round. So. Uh, you know, he could really pay off for people drafting him in the third. I uh, I knew I wasn't going to get Derrick Henry after the hype that I got for Derrick Henry at, at 2-2 in the last draft that we did. But it did still sting a little bit, Austin, that you took him at 3-7 right before me. Uh, but I knew he wasn't going to get past you to me uh, as soon as I saw the, uh, the list. So uh, I took... Uh, AJ Green, and uh, so that is uh, that. Uh, Dan, you are in the fourth spot. Why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself uh, for those who don't know you and where they can find you and your picks so far? Okay, so uh, I, I go by Overhyped Sleeper on Twitter. So that's at Overhyped Sleeper. Uh, drop the final E from Sleeper. And uh, I, you can find me on uh, Todd's podcast uh, often, either the TQE or the Run to Daylight. You can also find me on the uh, GOATcast. Uh, we do a weekly podcast. Uh, we do Dynasty, Best Ball, a little bit of everything. And uh, so far, my, my draft is going about true to form. I figured I would probably end up with Ezekiel Elliott in the four spot, which I did. Um, with him not getting suspended, I feel a little bit better about that. Connor, I thought, slipped a little bit uh, coming back in the second round, so I grabbed him. And then uh, Adam Thielen, uh, one of my favorite third-round picks. All right. In the three spot, uh, Noah Bloom. Noah did uh, – no, I'm sorry. Brandon Saul's in the three spot. Brandon, why don't you tell us a little bit about – give me one second, Brandon. Uh, we just had someone else jump in. Uh, who was that that jumped in? Is that uh, – Danny? Who's 608-792? All right. Well, it's someone who came on and is not listening right now. So, uh, Brandon, why don't you tell us about your draft so far, a little bit about yourself? Uh, yeah. I, um, I mostly play DFS. I just got into best ball last year. Um, my draft is, is going okay. I the coin flip for Kamara and Zeke for me. I just went with Kamara. Um, I like the Kittle pick. I uh, wasn't going to go Damian, but I was going to go Ty. But someone took him right before me, and I wasn't <clears throat> overly excited about any of the other wide receivers there. So just went a few RBs early, which is not something I normally do. So we'll see how it goes. All right. 
Well, I'm glad that you were able to get in here and, uh, you know, welcome. So uh, let's see. Uh, I'm up again in a second, but I would like, uh, do we know who's, uh, who uh, just came on, the last guy that I added? That would be me, maybe, Chase. Chase. Oh, Chase Simmons yep. out of the, the one hit. spot. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, hey, uh, so Chase is a fan. Chase, uh, yeah. why don't you tell people how they can find you on Twitter and tell us a little bit about your draft so far? Um, well, my, my draft, I would like to have gotten Kittle in the second round um, at the end of the second round, but I knew that wasn't a possibility. So um, it's going okay, I guess. Um, Allen and Cooper, four wide receivers, are are good value in that spot and those uh, spots that I picked, I guess. I'm not a huge Hilton fan, so uh, I passed on him and went with Allen and Cooper. Gotcha, gotcha. All right, well, I'm glad that you were able to come on. I'm on the board, and I'm looking at uh, two different players. I like both of them. I've already got two running backs. They're both running backs. I'm looking to see if there's someone that I would reach for. There isn't. Oh, boy. Uh, decisions, decisions. This guy won't make it back to me. You know you want to take Josh Jacobs here, Todd. Yeah, I do. So bad. That's what I was thinking. Because the news on him is so good. Uh, I'm going to take Kenyon Drake. <laughs> so uh, I took Kenyon Drake. All right. So uh, I want to get back to Darren Armani and talk a little bit about pros and Joes and your picks. Uh, Darren, uh, when, you know, t- for those who might not know, tell them about uh, pros and Joes, how long it's been going and uh, when it starts this year. Uh, yeah, so we've been doing the pros versus Joes since 2009. This is our 11th year. Um, That's crazy. And as far as far as I know, we are the original pro am competition. Just to set the record straight, I know everybody's getting hyped up about Scott Fishbowl coming up, but we were actually doing this a couple of years before they started that. Um, but nevertheless, we're not we're not doing it for as good a cause as, as what they're doing. Um, we're just doing it for a, to win a, a free entry into a, a main event. In um, so we'll take a step back. So there's six leagues of uh, 12 teams, half of them are industry analysts called the pros, and the other half are uh, FFPC players, which are the Joes. And so we have six of those leagues, and everybody competes against each other. And it's a, it's a good way to see – it's kind of like what we're doing here. It's, it's, it's trying to determine who the better fantasy players are. Are they the, the people who put out the industry information – um, and the news and the content that people consume, or is it the, actually the guys who are drafting year-round? Um, so it's a good, um, you know, test of skills that way. But like I said, well, it whoever hasn't, each winner, it it, hasn't been too yeah, it, uh, too good for the analysts like uh, like me. Uh, I'm going to throw something out of you out at you that I thought of. I mean, there's no doubt that the the pros have dominated this competition overall. Uh, but um, do you think? I don't want to make excuses for the analysts, but I don't know how many of them play the volume near the volume in this format that the, that the pro uh, the Joes do. Am I just making excuses? 
No, I mean, it, it's, it's, it's two different skill sets. It's, you know, being a, a, a person who's knowledgeable at fantasy football and, and tracking players and, and putting out content is not the same skill set as drafting. You know what I mean? You, that doesn't always translate to the draft room. So that's not I think the, that's out of the question. I think yeah. some analysts so the, are good drafters and some analysts are good talkers. Yeah, there's some that cross um, both, both universes there. But the thing – and originally, best ball is just is a recent phenomenon as well. I mean, this, we've been doing this for 11 years. It's been best ball format the whole time. Um, so to be honest with you, early on, a lot of the analysts, they have never even played best ball. You know, they would get to the draft, and they were drafting it as a redraft sometimes. So there's different familiarity with, with the format as well. Um, so there's different reasons why the Joes have the, the sort of dominated over the course of time. But, um, you know, at, at this point, everybody's pretty savvy with best ball. So I think the, uh, the, the playing field is, is leveling a bit. Yep, yep. Uh, we'll talk a little bit more about that in a, in a bit. Uh, but, you know, uh, I do think it's important. When does the first draft kick off? Um, the first drafts, they go Sunday, Monday, and Tuesday, uh, two consecutive weeks. That first one starts on July 21st, and every one of those drafts is broadcast on the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour, hosted by uh, Balkman and Gerzak. Yep, yep. I was on that show last year. It's a lot of fun. I hope everyone comes and listens and uh, roots for your favorite analyst to, to kind of break the schneid. Um, it's real interesting getting to know some of the high stakes guys. Austin, are you back on? All right, Austin's not back on. Uh, let's talk to Noah Rudell a little bit. Noah, uh, you, you know you you play a lot of of, of different formats. Uh, any sure. any specific advice you could give people for playing the FFPC and why you like playing the FFPC format? Um, the, the tight end pre- premium is the main difference, uh, but if you if you don't get you know one of the first two tiers, I think it's better to wait a little while and get some of the value guys later. You know, you maybe draft three or four guys that have a decent uh, potential to hit. You know, you're looking for somebody that excels or you know, exceeds their draft position later in the draft if you don't get one of the top six or seven guys. So. I think if you take three or four of those guys and just, you know, hope for one of them to take over a role or one of them to break out, that's really what you're looking for. So if you're not going to uh, invest early draft capital, which I did in this draft, I took Hunter Henry in the fourth round, but if you're not going to invest early draft capital at tight end, I think that it's better to pick a couple of guys that are, you know, second, third year potential breakout guys and, uh, and roll with those. And if, if one of them turns out, it's, just a it's a winning strategy for your team yep yep absolutely uh i i think that's uh you know and and about i would say you know you're talking for early tight ends you're talking about a two to three round difference between where you can get them uh in uh, a normal uh non-tight end premium draft and now uh, and then as you get later, I think it's more like a five or six round difference. Uh, Darren, would you agree with that? Uh, absolutely. Yeah. It's, it's good to, to hold off a bit. Uh, 
Uh, uh, Dan, uh, y- you play a ton on the FFPC. What is, uh, you know, kind of your way of looking at tight ends in a tight end premium? You know, you, you want to take your tight end uh, just when it makes sense in that, you know, those early tight ends, uh, you know, through O.J. Howard, Evan Ingram, uh, you know, I will prioritize them if I can get them. But then if I don't, uh, you know, I'm, I'm going to wait until uh, there's not a running back or a wide receiver that really makes sense to me. That's when I tend to look at tight end a little bit more. Um, you know, Speaking because of especially tight end, with the best ball, the- you can cobble it together. Sorry to interrupt you there, Dan. Uh, you should be used to me interrupting you by now. Uh, I'm on the clock, and I was—I kept the, the conversation going about tight end because I wanted to take Jared Cook here at 5'8". Uh, Cook normally goes in the seventh round. Uh, Daryl Henderson, Mike Williams, uh, Robert Woods, Calvin Ridley, all people I would have considered had they been there, but I'm going to take Jared Cook which now gives me three running backs, a wide receiver, and a tight end, which is uh, often how I end up uh, in FFPC this year anyway, uh, where we're not seeing running backs kind of, you know, last year there was just like no running back value. You couldn't wait around. Uh, This year, uh, you know, uh, I'm finding it easier to get running backs that I like early. All right, let's take another run through everyone uh, that, uh, and we'll start from the top this time and work our way back. Chase, tell us about your pick since the last time you were on the board. Did I chase you away? All right, we're going to go to Noah Bloom. Noah, uh, tell us about your pick since the last time you were on the board. Um, it's been a little bit awkward for me. I pretty much picked people I haven't picked all year in most of my uh, best balls. Um, Can I? I just want to interject. When you when when you go up in competition, a lot of times that's exactly what happens, and that's why I tend to reach a little bit more in uh, expert drafts so that at least I'm getting guys that I like. But who who in, who in general have you been taking that you normally don't? Um, in this draft, I took – this is my first share of Gurley in any format. Um, I didn't see Fournette there, honestly. I uh, had a little, little mental breakdown. I would have taken Fournette. And then after that, I just yeah. thought Edelman and Jacobs were values there. I know, you know, the Jacobs thing we've – Gone wait, wait, Gurley over. G- G- over Fournette and you, by accident? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's our fish sound. All right, so uh, keep going. Now anyway, that you've been blown um, up and fished. Anyway, I, I like the wide receivers that I have, and um, Jacobs, I just, you know, uh, in the fifth round, he's worth, he's worth a... Uh, a roll of the dice. All right. Uh, let's go to next. Let's talk to Brandon. Brandon, uh, why don't you catch us up on some of your last couple picks since you, you, we uh, let yeah. you last go? Uh, yeah, so my, my last two picks were Mahomes and Hill. Um, I, don't, I don't normally take a quarterback that high, but uh, 
I originally went in here going to do the no RB strap, but uh, this is a lot more difficult than when I'm on draft because I think a lot of people here are a lot better than the typical people on draft. So I'm just changing it up and going with who's there. Um, uh, yeah, I'm just going with the KC stack right now. So I guess we'll see how that goes. Okay. Yeah, nothing wrong with the KC stack. Um Uh, Christian Kirk just went, uh, and I was going to take him next. So, misery, um, my, uh, you are my companion. Uh, let's go to uh, D- uh, Dan Williamson. Uh, why don't you tell us about the last couple picks since you were uh, since you talked? Okay, so uh, fourth round, I took uh, Devonta Freeman. Um, I thought he re- he fell down close to the end of the fourth round, and I thought that was great value. I was tempted to uh, go with Julian Edelman there, but with Freeman, I felt like he was the last of a tier, so I went ahead and took Freeman. And then uh, in the fifth round, I took Calvin Ridley, which is one of my favorite second-year wide receivers. Uh, you know, I think there's a you know kind of a, a case to be made that uh, he's he's got some Juju Smith-Schuster to him. Um, he's he's protected by Julio. Uh, um, he would have a ton of standalone value if anything did happen to Julio and he's in the lead offense. So he's one of those guys I just love getting in the fifth round. Yep, yep, yep. I gotcha. All right. So I'm on the clock and boy, uh really wanted Christian Kirk. Now I'm looking at a couple wide receivers that I didn't want nearly as much. Is there anyone I'm missing? Uh should I should I do it? I'm going to do it. I took Kyler Murray. Um, way, way earlier than go, I want. What's that? Wow. Way earlier than I wanted him, but... Uh, Todd is marking his territory. I, uh, yeah, you, Todd, you know you're going to get roasted on Twitter for that one. Yeah, that's all right. He's... Uh, <laughs> I, 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 I read that book, The Perfect Pass. And, uh, uh, but honestly, I, I, I've got like eight wide receivers on, on a tier and one of them's going to probably make it back to me in seven or eight picks. And if not, then I'll admit that I kind of goofed, but, um, I could have went Andrew Luck, but ultimately, you know, to win, you know, when you play best ball, one of the things about best ball is, you know, especially on the FFPC, it it really is in the 77s about coming in first. And I, I think with that uh, air raid offense, if it works the way that we hope it does, uh, Kyler Murray is, is a, could be, you know, the number one or two or three quarterback in the league. Not that Andrew Luck couldn't, but um, I, I just, uh, I don't know. I wouldn't call it marking my territory. I just think that the quarterbacks are going a little earlier here, and uh, I, I had all the wide receivers on one tier, so why not get my guy? All right, so uh, let's see. Austin, are you back on? No, no, Austin. All right, Noah Rudell, why don't you catch us up on uh, – you, you can laugh at me. You're the guy who got me on, Kyler. Uh, am I taking him too early and tell us about your picks that you've made since then the last time? 
a little background on that. Uh, I came on to Todd's podcast for TQE back right after the NFL draft, and we talked about players and who we'd be interested in. And then he, he asked me a bunch of uh, would-you-rather questions with Kyler. You know, would you rather have Kyler or this quarterback? Would you rather have Kyler or this quarterback? And we got down to, uh, I think, every quarterback that he said, I, I said Kyler. And uh, I think that at first he was surprised that I said Kyler over Jimmy Garoppolo, but I said that's not even really close for me. But uh, I think that sounds like Todd's come around and he might be higher on Kyler than I am. So, so. <laughs> It was early. It definitely was early. But I know there's a couple guys who really wanted him. And there's, I might have gotten him at 7-8, but I still think, you know, when, when you look at the, the wide receivers, let's see. Jarvis Landry has gone since the pick. Tyler Boyd has gone since the pick. Those weren't even the guys who were at the highest on my wide receiver board. I didn't need a fourth uh, running back. So you could argue that I might not have taken the right quarterback, but, uh, you know, I I feel like that uh, I'll still get a wide receiver coming up here, unless everyone now is going to start sniping wide receivers to pick me back. Um, the thing All with right, Kyler so Noah, Murray go ahead. That, Tell us about your pick. Yeah. Okay. Well, one more thing on Kyler Murray. If another quarterback is going to outscore him in fantasy, he's going to have to outthrow him by about 1,300 yards and outthrow him by seven touchdowns just to make up for the rushing output. So for a quarterback like you know, Andrew Luck or Pat Mahomes to outscore Kyler Murray, they're going to have to throw – so much more than him just to make up for the rushing output that putting Kyler, you know, in your top five, is just a, it's a pretty easy bet. So yeah. And and when you think, hold on, I I want to add to that, Noah. The, the other thing about that is that what's the, you know, again, if you haven't read the book, the perfect pass and you're wondering what the hell I'm doing with Kyler Murray there, uh, read the book or listen to the book, because what makes the air raid so special, it's a combination of Chip Kelly-like pace with very simple plays, and it's a pass-first offense. So he, you know, you talk about running, but he could also throw the ball 45, 50 times a game, right, Noah? Yeah. Yeah, the the pace, so he is – close to the top of my quarterbacks that I've got in uh, projected attempts on top of having, you know, 70 plus rush attempts. So when you take that kind of volume into consideration, even if you give him a conservative yards per attempt, it comes out to, you know, a whole lot of yards, both rushing and receiving is it rushing and passing. So it, it makes it hard to, you know, put him outside of your top 10, for example. All right. So uh, I interrupted you. Finish up what you were going to say. I was just going to say that this is a contrarian draft for me. I'm taking guys that I don't have much of, so we'll see how it goes. I, I don't have really in, any of Aaron Jones, but decided to go ahead and fire him up. And uh, I, I also took Sammy Watkins, who I do, do not have very much of. So we will see. This is a little bit different for me, and I'm just trying a few things out. Are you playing possum because it's a public draft? No, I wouldn't say that. <laughs> I just did. Um, <laughs> all right. 
So, uh, Curtis McKella, why don't you catch us up on? Uh, and I was kidding. No, it may. Uh, it just. I was curious. Uh, Curtis yeah. McKella, you are. Uh, it's your turn to tell us about your team. Yeah, so I'm in the 11th spot, and uh, so I guess the the controversial pick I took Christian Kirk at uh, the six two, which I felt like it was a little bit earlier for him, but between uh, hearing hearing you say you were missed, sorry to miss out on him, and then somebody else in the the draft chat was saying they're bummed about him too, it makes me feel a little bit better. But um, similar to what Noah was saying, you know, I'm pretty excited about this Arizona offense and just want as as much action on it as I can get. So um, I got him. Uh, also have DJ Moore, who I'm excited about for his second year. Uh, Dan was talking earlier about Calvin Ridley's, you know, breakout potential, and I think there's some some similar traits with with DJ Moore. So started off pretty receiver heavy, um, which is always a bit of roll of the dice. But anytime you're in this this type of winner takes all format, you might as well go for it. But I'm actually on the clock now, so I'm going to focus in. Yep. Uh... The other uh, the other interesting thing again, I think that when people don't do a lot of FFPC drafts, they kind of can overlook the fact that you only have to start two wide receivers. And I I think that building through wide receivers, a lot of the the really smart guys will do that. Uh, but again, I, I tend to trust my ability to find late receivers. So going back though to my whole Kyler Murray decision. Um, I had Allen Robinson and Alshon Jeffrey at the top of my tier, and I had Will Fuller and one other guy who's still on the board kind of at the lower end of my tier. So I uh, I got Will Fuller. So uh, if you asked me, you know, Allen Robinson, Alshon Jeffrey, or Will Fuller, I mean, it's, uh, even though one those guys are a little bit higher on my board, I, I value them all about the same. So uh, I don't regret it. I got my guy with Kyler, and I came back with a pretty good wide receiver. Uh, uh, Darren, uh, I, I did want to talk a little bit about a little more about the FFPC. Oh, Darren's on the board. I don't want to interrupt him while he's on the board. Yeah, hold on uh, a minute here. Yep. Uh, Dan Williamson, uh, any thoughts, any surprises so far? That was a good pick, Mojo. Look, yeah, I mean, uh, I've drafted against Noah a few times, and I've I've seen a lot of his drafts, so I I would agree he's definitely going off his normal script here, uh, which is kind of fun to watch. And um, I'm I'm really enjoying uh, the draft that Danny Mueller is putting together, uh, number six, ground and pound. He started off with two tight ends, Kelsey and Ertz, which I thought was an interesting uh, way to go. And then he followed it up with Diggs, Godwin, and Mike Williams at wide receiver in rounds three, four, and five. And then uh, James White and Miles Sanders in rounds six and seven. I just, I, I, I like the way he's putting together it. his team right there. I think that. Yeah. yeah I, I, I don't I, love I Sanders or White, but I don't love Sanders or White, but those, that, those top five guys are amazing. If he can figure out yeah. running and back, I, he's and, and I love very Sanders dangerous. and White, I think. When you're in the sixth and seventh round, I think those those guys offer you some good floor. Uh, and uh, you know the James White was here, the RB seven, uh, and Gronkowski's gone, so 
I, I do think James White is going to catch plenty of passes again this year. Yep. All right, let's see. Mojo is almost done uh, simply because oh, – there he goes. So, Mojo, you just went uh, Aaron Rodgers and Sterling Shepard. But I, I wanted to talk a little bit about Vegas. Uh, a quick show of voices. Uh, I know Darren's been there and Austin, obviously, uh, Danny as well. But how anyone else have gone to oh, Dan, Dan also. So how many of you have gone to Vegas and done the live uh, FFPC uh, drafts? Well, as, as you said, I have. Um, I've been there for, oh, I don't know, probably five years now, six years maybe. Uh, um, and it's a blast. I mean, it's a, it's a bucket list event. If you've never done it, it is very much worth your time to uh, go out there and do it. It's it's just so much fun. Uh, Mojo, uh, you know, that's what I've heard. You know, I have never done it, but everyone who tells me, you know, once you've done it, you, you just, you can't even imagine not doing it uh, the next year. Is, is that kind of your feeling as well? Yeah. I mean, so what will happen is, you know, you draft with these guys constantly, you know, over the internet, and then you finally get to see them face to face, and you kind of like know each other, you know, when you get there. So it's a, it's a, it's a whole weekend of, of events. There's uh, the opening game uh, draft party that they have. Um, obviously, they have. Um, I do a main event, and I also do a live best ball uh, while I'm out there. And then there's just, you know, so much gather. You get to see Dave and Alex and 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 Balky. It's it's really just it's like a, a networking event almost uh, in addition to the drafting. So it keeps you busy. I actually fly home a little earlier. I I leave before the Sunday games start, but then everybody will get together on Sunday and watch the uh, the opening day games as well. So and you get to meet Chris Lambert. She's out there. Um, you know everybody interacts with her. Um, you know uh, at the customer support end. So but um, yeah, it's a, it's a great time. It's like an annual pilgrimage. All right. I, uh, I I normally don't take quarterbacks that early, but Mayfield was sitting there. I couldn't resist him at 8-5. Uh, <laughs> who's that? Go with what you got. Austin. Kill Austin. So, uh, so how's your draft been so far, Austin? I know you weren't thrilled last, last time. Uh, you, you took Derrick Henry from me. Um, have I returned the favor a few times? <laughs> you just did. Uh, you, you took my boy Baker. So uh, you got me there. Um, trying to work through this pick here. Not gonna right, we're going to let you. We're, we're going to let you do that, and then we'll come back to you. Um, yeah. So uh, let's see. Who, uh, Noah, have you ever been? Uh, Noah, Noah Bloom, have you ever been to uh, Vegas? No, it's definitely on my bucket list, though. Gotcha, gotcha. Uh, Noah Rudell, have you? No, not for the FFPC events. I have not. Uh, are either of you thinking about doing it this year? Not in the plans this year. Um, with my uh, day job, I'm really busy in the winter time, and in the summer, typically, we'll go away for three one-week vacations, and I just don't see how to fit that in on top of that. Andrew Schellenberg, um, I don't think I've gone to you in a bit. Uh, update us on your draft. 
Yeah, no problem. Let me just uh, hit the old draft button right here. He, he, yeah, he's got yeah, his pick right I, here. No, it's okay. So I think that the big decision, I think, last his time we pick came and went. No, it came and went. Yeah, nice. <laughs> the uh, the big decision was actually, I mean, we touched on it a while ago, was the decision between um, uh, what what to do about Devontae Freeman. I think I ultimately at that point, uh, Kenny Galladay, if I remember correctly, I mean, I thought that there was a lot of value in Freeman falling that far. Uh, knew that Dan would probably scoop him up next. Uh, I, at this point, I've gone quarterback, three running backs, four wide receivers. I don't love the draft, but I also don't hate it quite yet. Uh, we'll see how it goes. I think I've bought into some good wide receivers that are going to have some, some volume their way, Brown, Galladay, Robinson, and Woods. Uh, but then just to close out my piece, I, this will be my first year that I'm attending the uh, FFPC in Vegas, live in Vegas. I've signed it through one auction so far and uh, thinking about either a second option at that 930 slot in the morning uh, or perhaps a main event um, slot. That's very, very cool. Good luck with that. St- you know, definitely yep. stay in touch with me on Twitter and let me know the, how that went. All right, let's get back to Austin R. Martin. Austin, uh, are you free now to uh, have your wounds healed? Are you ready to talk about your team so far? (laughs) Yeah, yeah, I'm good. Um, Yeah, so you got me here in the eighth. Uh, I had Baker queued up. Best ball format, so I'm okay firing up a couple QBs um, in that spot. Uh, You also got me in the fourth. I had Drake queued up. I really thought the two running backs that you were – pondering over were uh, Freeman and Jacobs is, is who I thought you were looking at. I it was Freeman I was and Drake. Drake there. Yeah, yeah. So I was hoping to get Drake there. I went Cooks. Um, I had three or four receivers there that I could have been happy with. Uh, I like Cooks a little better in a best ball format than I would uh, a managed league. Um, so I took a shot there. In the eighth here, uh, fired up Ebron. Not a big Ebron fan this year, but, again, in a best ball format um, where uh, he's a little bit TD dependent. Um, I'll take the spike weeks from him in a best ball. And yeah. Uh, yeah. Who, who who just interjected? That This was Noah. I said, and he stacked him with Andrew Luck. So. Oh, yeah. Yep. No, Noah B or Noah Noah? Noah Noah. Noah Noah. Noah, row your boat ashore. All right. Uh, let, let's see. Uh, so the last couple picks, folks. Uh, uh, the one thing I want to talk about is uh, the FFPC drafts, I've noticed, are more uh, run-heavy, positional run-heavy, than you tend to find in a lot of other drafts. And I, I don't know exactly why that is, but we're in a very, very heavy, uh, a typical heavy uh, r- uh, run of quarterbacks. So uh, Jared Goff went at 9-2 to, uh, to Noah Bloom. Uh, Cam Newton went. Uh, Wentz, Ryan, Mayfield, uh, Aaron Rodgers. So a, a big, we're in a big run now. Uh, Andrew Schellenberg just broke my heart a bit. Uh, he took Dallas Goddard at nine five. Uh, uh, w- I wish I had that uh, sound bite of uh, "You killed Kenny." You bastard! 
Uh, Dan, why don't you take over a minute? Now I, I, I've got to go through my list a little bit here. All right. Sounds good. Yeah, I think one of the reasons why we see the runs in, uh, in the FFPC, especially quarterback, uh, sometimes with kicker and defense as well, is just because you have those 28 rounds. And so with 28 rounds, you have more people who opt in to have a, a third at those onesie positions of quarterback, uh, kicker, and defense. You know, so instead of, you know, like if you're doing a, a, a draft or a BB-10 or something like that, you might just stop to have two quarterbacks. But um, when, you, when you've when you got 28 rounds, it, it a lot of times makes sense for people to add that third quarterback in. And so that puts more pressure on the quarterbacks. So, you know, you end up they end up going earlier and they end up going in big runs. Yep, yep. I, uh, I settled, if that's the the right word for uh, Donta Foreman. Uh, Noah Rudell, uh, do you join me in my uh, Donta Foreman love? Um, not entirely. Uh, I think that he's, you know, if, if he ends up being successful this year, he is a little bit of an outlier. Uh, running backs typically don't return to form after having uh, a torn Achilles. So, I mean, I'm, I'm rooting for the guy, but uh, I, I do think that that backfield is wide open and that there's nobody there that's very good. Um, I think that that's one of two backfields, Tampa Bay being the other, where there will be running backs cut during training camp that are better than any running back on those two rosters. And so that always worries me a little bit when there's the potential for somebody to uh, for the team to pick up a better running back off of the street than they've got. But you know, if, if they don't make any moves and it's him versus Lamar Miller, I mean, he's got an opportunity to take over some of that workload. It's just, you know, how well does he do? Uh, I think that now he's 20 months removed from a torn uh, Achilles, which you know, is a lot tougher injury than an ACL, especially for a running back. So we'll see. It's, it's possible. But uh, I think ninth round is probably a little bit rich for where I would want to take him. Yeah, fair enough. I, I think, you know, they gave Alfred Blue 150 carries last year. And, you know, I think they would have given him more if he was better. And, and you know, we keep hearing that Foreman is looking good. So uh, I like the steady drumbeat. And uh, the other, again, it was another situation where the next guys I was, you know, on my list were quarterbacks and I've already got to. And, uh and, and another position that uh, I felt like I could wait and get my guys. So we'll see. I got two guys uh, queued up, and I'm up in four picks. Curtis, for a fan, has uh, has uh, taken my guy a couple times. Uh, Curtis uh, is uh, up on the board now. And just to give you a sense of his overall team, he has Ronald Jones, Royce Freeman, Edo Smith, and Tevin Coleman, a quarterback, Michael Thomas, Odell Beckham, Christian Kirk, DJ Moore, and a uh, tight end, OJ Howard. Uh, pretty good showing from uh, from a fan so far there, uh, Dan, uh, wouldn't you say? Yeah, definitely. I, I, I like the team he's putting together. He went uh, he went wide receiver and tight end early, and then uh, he's he's really kind of filled in nicely with some running backs that have a chance to have significant workloads. He's one of the main reasons I've gone off script. So <laughs> who's that? There you go. Oh, Noah. 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 Yeah. Yeah. I'm drafting well, I, next to him. So 
I, I, yeah, well, I, uh, I, I, uh, I, I did get my, uh, my, my second favorite tight end to uh, Dallas Goddard. Uh, so again, I, I reached a little bit for Foreman, but uh, uh, Jack Doyle was there for me at ten five. Let's go back to whoever we talked to in a while. Hey, actually, this is Curtis from the 11. Uh, yeah, Curtis, go ahead, Curtis. You know, yeah, so, no, you made that comment about going off script. Um, how often, you know, do you, I guess, the, does the people drafting directly next to you impact your strategy going into it? Is that something you got to make up on the fly, or, or do you have a set game plan for that? Well, um, as – as the draft Go ahead, starts Noah. to move, yeah. As, as the draft starts to move, you know, if a guy starts taking guys that I like maybe a little bit earlier than I expected them to go, then on my next pick, I, I might be uh, less likely to uh, risk it on a guy going, you know, knowing that the player next to me that's been taking a, a lot of the guys that I like, uh, I, I'm less likely to give him two chances to take the guy that I want. So I'll take him a little bit earlier potentially, but uh, mostly in this draft, I've just been drafting guys that I typically don't because the values haven't been where I like them. So I'm just, you know, kind of trying something different. Yeah. For me being, you know, I'm not a a, a fast uh, drafter. I I don't have too many uh, fast drafts like this. So uh, what ends up happening is, when you're doing eight to 15, depending on the sites altogether, you know, I could be doing 12, 13 drafts at a time. I don't even look, uh, I only, I don't look who went right before me. It, it's, it, it causes heartbreak. The, the one of the big advantages of, of being a high volume best ball player is you have a pretty good idea when you get on the clock of who should be there. Uh, any surprises, that are there that you didn't expect. Um, and also, um, you know, who might be there when you come up at the, the next time so that you get your positions kind of set up decently. So uh, I would say on an average draft uh, in best ball, I, I don't think about what other people are doing at all. It's, it's about making my best team. Uh, I'm afraid that if I focus on what other people are doing, I might just not build the best team that I'm making in a live draft. It's, it's, it's a lot easier because you're sitting there while your guy goes off the phone, uh, the board, uh, Noah Rudell. And then Dan, why don't you, uh, give a thought on, on that? Go ahead, Dan. I already gave some thoughts on that. Well, I think, um, you know, I I will definitely be influenced by somebody drafting next to me if they, you know, if they keep sniping me. Uh, on the one side, uh, I am much more inclined to just the next time it's coming around to me and it's about to go to them, uh, I, I might reach a little bit more for a player just because they, they seem to have the same philosophy or whatever as me. And, uh, you know, and especially if I don't know them um, and I have a harder time getting a read on them, then I'm, I'm going to go ahead and make sure, you know, instead of letting somebody hopefully come to me at ADP, I'll be a little bit more aggressive about it. Yep. 
Dan, why don't you uh, – oh, Darren, uh, you, you do a lot of these drafts too. Uh, what, what's your thoughts on that? Mojo, you there? All right. Let's go back. Austin, are you still around? Yep, I'm here. Uh, you, you do a lot. Uh, I mean, uh, how many, you know, I know you're a high stakes guy. How much best ball do you do? I do a fair amount of best ball. I've probably got, oh, I don't know, close to 50, 50 best balls that I've done between slow and live. As far as your question goes um, and how I adjust to drafts as they're ongoing, I you know, the more information you have about the people you're drafting with, I try and put it all in play. Um, when you're doing drafts with guys that you draft with frequently, you see a lot of boards and generally have a pretty good idea of uh, what you're dealing with. So I'll definitely move guys up or down uh, accordingly. And I think the other guys pretty well sum that up. Um, it's It really matters. You know, if you're in the middle, there's, oftentimes not a lot you can do about it. you got to go a, a full round up. If you're drafting on one of the ends, you've got a little more freedom there because you're only sacrificing a few picks of ADP to push a guy up. So uh, just try and play it all by ear, really. Yep. Uh, you're on the clock there, Austin. Yep. You're not on the clock anymore, Austin. All right, so I'm on the clock. Uh, let's see. One of the frustrating things when you are drafting is when you go deep on a position and then you still find some value at that position. Uh, but I, I need to fill. Uh, I need to get some some things going here. Now uh, let's see. All right, I got one guy, and then, uh, all right, I just took Terrell Williams. That gives me uh, two quarterbacks, four running backs, three wide receivers, two tight ends, and a partridge in a pear tree. Uh, All right, Mojo, you got knocked off, and now you're back on. Uh, And then, uh, let's see, who else got knocked off? Who's 301? That's me, Curtis. Yeah, I got kicked off, and I'm back in. Okay. Uh, yeah, neither one of you got kicked off on purpose, unlike the last draft. Uh, uh, Mojo, uh, any thoughts? Oh, Mojo's up next. Uh, yeah, I'm coming Go ahead, up again. Um, so, let's, uh, while Mojo gets ready to pick, uh, Chase Simmons, did you ever get back? Let's see, Chase is not back. Uh, Brandon Saul, uh, how 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 are you finding the, doing your first podcast and being part of a live draft? Uh, it's a lot of fun. It's, uh, it's hard to listen and draft at the same time, but um, I'm having fun. Uh, a lot of, like I said before, all, all these people in here are a lot sharper than the people or like the randoms I would normally draft with on draft rate. So uh, a lot of players gone way earlier than I expected, so <laughs> that's uh, been throwing me off a bit. Yep, and that's something that, uh, you know, if you're, a, you know, and that's what I mean about the FFPC, it's a different animal. Uh, certain positions tend to run, 
and and people in an expert draft uh, definitely can go early. Like right now, Sam Darnold just went off the board uh, to Curtis in the at eleven eleven, and you know in a fan ball draft or in a draft uh, play draft draft, he's probably sitting there thirteenth fourteenth round. So uh, you know it, it it it's again one of the advantages of being a higher stakes guy is you get the the feel for each. Uh, you know, you get the feel for each uh, system and, and what you can expect. Uh, how's this one playing out for you, Dan, uh, compared to most FFPC drafts? It, it's pretty... It's pretty... That's his best Larry David impression. Yeah, (laughs) it's pretty, and then he disappeared. (laughs) Uh, All right, so while we wait for Dan to try and connect back up, uh, Curtis is on. uh, Curtis is up. Mojo just went Eckler and Hyde, uh, getting him some running back depth. Let me get back down to uh, Mojo. Is your team. So you've got Roethlisberger and Rodgers. You've got Hyde, Eckler, Carrion, and Lindsey at running back. Tate, Julio, Shepard, and Schuster at wide receiver. Engram and Vance. Uh, how happy are you right now? No, it's going pretty well. Um, I, I got so I got a little bit of a Steeler stack with uh, Roethlisberger, Juju, and McDonald. And then I have the vomit stack of all of the uh, giant uh, receiving core with Shepard, Tate, and, and Ingram. Nonetheless, um, I got Monopoly on that. Um, I didn't Are come in with a plan. with the quarterback? Uh, I, I wouldn't guarantee it. Um, I might have to get two quarterbacks, right, if I wanted to, to actually stack that. So, yeah. Um, We'll, we'll see. I don't. I don't typically like to do four quarterbacks in a draft, so we'll play it by ear. I'm not um, determined to do that. Um, but uh, yeah, so I, I'm pretty happy. And then um, Eckler and Hyde. I, that those are my three and four. But Eckler, you know, he'll, he'll get. And the best ball format, he's going to have his week, so that's good. And I've been grabbing a lot of Hyde um, all preseason. Just as uh, Damien Williams' insurance policy, I think uh, hopefully that pays off. But um, I, I've been really so high on Hyde, and uh, now you know now I'm starting to worry uh, with the news that uh, Andy Reid said that Damien's the number one. I still think that's a little bit risky, though. Yeah, I think. Well, you know, we'll see how it plays out, but. Um, y- you see in the in the the KC backfield how many backs they'll go through. Um, so last year it was uh, Kareem Hunt, and then Spencer Ware came in, and then Damian Williams came in. So I mean, so they'll run through potentially. So just to have a piece of that is uh, is a good idea. Yep, absolutely. Let's get back to Andrew Schellenberg. Andrew, uh, what's been going on with your draft? 
most recently took Matt Breida. I think that the San Francisco backfield, somebody's going to come out of there. Best ball. I like Breida a lot uh, here. Uh, went two quarterbacks recently. We made the joke about Wentz last time I was on the clock. Uh, Grab Mitchell Trubisky uh, as well. Uh, if you believe some of the odds coming out of Vegas, he's a great MVP bet. I don't believe it that much. Uh, but I do believe that there's some level of offensive improvement there. I think that he's got some running ability uh, on the goal line. That would be nice to get a couple rushing touchdowns from him this year. And the stack with Allen Robinson is nice. So those have been my recent picks. Gotcha. Uh, let's move over to... Hold on. Uh, Dan, are you back? I, I believe I am. You, you were pretty, and then you weren't so pretty. Your last word was, was pretty, pretty and then you were gone. Uh, um, what do you think of the board, Dan? I think it's pretty. Uh, <laughs> so my question at the I, time I, was, I, my question at the time, just to refresh, was, uh, how how are you finding this draft uh, compared to most FFPC drafts? It's it's been a little bit different in that you know some players have gone surprisingly early, and there he's gone again. Uh, but overall, you know, there. in total, you know, right now, what? Jeez, why am I gone? No, you're back. Okay. I think you might be better off calling in from a phone. Um, for some reason, the direct dialing is not working too well. Uh, okay. Let's let's go to uh, yeah. DM me when you when you call in, and I'll, I'll make sure to get you on right away. Uh, Brandon Saul, uh, what, what's uh, why don't you update us on your draft? Uh, yeah, sure. Just give me one second here. Uh, well, I just. I just picked the Chicago Bears defense. Um, yeah, so I don't know. Uh, so far, I got two quarterbacks: Mahomes, Lamar. Uh, I got Dice, Michelle, Kamara, Williams, uh, Damian Williams, that is, uh, Tyreek, uh, Robbie Anderson, Sutton, Scantling, and then Kittle and Hawkinson. So uh, it's okay. Uh, a bit more balanced than I'm used to, but there's. Uh, a lot of picks in this, and you only have to start two wide receivers, so I didn't really feel it necessary to pick my typical four or five wide receivers in the first seven rounds or so. So I'm just trying something new. Gotcha. All right, let's. Uh, I'm going to be up next. Uh, Austin, uh, are you up on the clock now? Yep, Austin's on the clock. And it'll be interesting to see where he goes here. Uh, depending on what he does, it might make me follow suit positionally. Um, let's see. And uh, I don't have Dan back yet. All right. So I'm up. Austin went with Traquan. And the other guy I had planned on taking is gone. That was Mike Gusecki, who Dan took. Uh, That wasn't pretty. Uh, All right, I might as well. Let's see. Great radio here, but uh, 
I am alone. Well, hey, this is uh, Todd. While you, while you draft, this is Andrew. Just a question for the, the more sharper guys. I'm just from scanning the draft board. It looks like everyone's team across the board is pretty well balanced. Is this something that's normal that we would typically expect uh, out of a draft like this, or would we typically expect there to be uh, more teams with uh, heavy positions uh, at this point in the draft? Or are we, you know, round 13, are we expecting pretty balanced that way the draft can open up to them in these middle rounds where the drafts are won? I think by this point in the draft, you'd expect most of the people to be fairly balanced. Uh, if you're depending on, if you if you hadn't drafted any wide receivers, for example, you'd be depending on some guys that really had a small chance of returning uh, on on the draft slot that you spend on them, so or getting you points into your starting lineup. So, I think by the 13th round, you'd expect it to be fairly balanced. Yep, I think and it really depends. It's just oh, who's that? That's Darren. Okay, Rojo. go ahead, Darren. Yep, so, go yeah, ahead. so I mean, it's it's it, one of the things we do at FantasyMojo.com is we have like the draft boards for every best ball draft that's you know held throughout the season, and so every day I get up and I look at the drafts on the night before, and sometimes this draft is it's got more of a, 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 a like a, a I'll say a saner or a normal feel to it. But you can look at some drafts, and like I was looking once from last night, some guy started like six running backs in a row and then went three quarterbacks in a row and then followed up with three tight ends. And some people will have really extreme um, strategies that they'll employ. This one doesn't – nobody's doing anything kind of out of the ordinary here, but you never know who you're going to jump into a draft with, so you have to just really be prepared. Yeah. Do, uh, do those teams typically win, or do they do poorly? I mean, I think I would expect them to do poorly. No, I've seen people win with those strategies. Um, you know, it, 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 there's experienced players that are that are doing these. Um, so, Mo- yeah. I mean, Mojo, you're up. I just wanted to make sure you knew. Dan, are you back? Yeah. Didn't want to distract you. Yes, I'm back. Okay, that, now you sound good. Uh, everyone will uh, okay. will will confirm that you, he he was going in and out, right, guys? Yes. Yeah, uh, that's the peculiarity yeah. of blog talk sometimes. So, um, all right. So Mojo's up. He uh, Chase Edmonds went to Curtis at thirteen eleven. Uh, I've seen him. He's a guy that I was really. Uh, really on and now I'm seeing him go it's like all of a sudden he is really racing up some draft boards Noah Rudell uh you think maybe uh he's racing up boards a little bit too much uh Chase Edmonds I I think that he's in a legitimate uh role even even with uh, healthy David Johnson if you think about the volume of plays and the velocity of plays that they're going to run David Johnson isn't going to be able to stay on the field for all of the plays. So they're, they're going to rotate Chase Edmonds in and mix him with David Johnson just in order to keep him from being too fatigued because their pace is going to be high and their volume of plays is going to be high. So I think Chase Edmonds has a role even with a healthy David Johnson, and then he has upside if David Johnson gets injured. So I, I don't mind doing you know, a 13th round is a, is a fine place to take Chase Edmonds. Gotcha. Yep. I've seen him go a lot, uh, you know, 
it's a shame because he was 20th round on fanball up until recently. And even draft, you could get him in the 16th to 18th up until like two weeks ago. Him and uh, Dante Foreman have both been uh, really starting to go a lot earlier. Um, all right. So let's go over. Chase isn't on. I'm on next. Uh, Austin, uh, any thoughts on on how this uh, – on how this uh, draft is compared to others? Oh. Um, you know, I think Mojo kind of commented on the draft styles. I think uh, the group that's in this draft is a little sharper than your average uh, best ball draft. So, um, yeah, we aren't seeing anything really too off the wall. Uh, I will say in best ball, I'll frequently be okay with – hammering away at running backs early and then filling in with some of these high upside uh, wide receivers that can give you spike weeks, you know, like a Traquan Smith that you aren't going to be comfortable rolling out there week after week in a managed setup. Um, Just kind of letting this draft come to me. I'm not going to get too overloaded on, on any one position here. There are definitely some guys that are falling that are falling a lot further than they'll go uh, in most drafts. So people are showing discipline on a few guys. There's a couple of names that uh, are still hanging on out there that are usually gone by round 10 or 11 here. So uh, kind of when you when you say that, you mean guys who should have been gone? Or guys who we valued them. Not guys that should be gone, but guys that usually are gone. Yep. Uh, so you've got some risky players here that that are still on the board that normally wouldn't be. Yep, I see what you're talking about. It's uh, it's a little challenging. Uh, you know, it's a little challenging and uh, to do everything. You know and keep on top of everything that's going on while I'm drafting here. Uh, I broke the, uh, I, I broke, uh, the kicker Schneid with Harrison Butker. Um, I've got about four kickers about even as, as the number one, uh, Austin, wouldn't you say that the kicker run is normally started by now? Uh, yeah. I usually am not on the front end of that, but once it gets going, it goes for about a round and a half uh, straight. It's it's kind of amusing um, how the donkeys all line up in, in single file once that kicker run goes. So we'll see how it plays out here. Yeah, I, you know, I, uh, I, I, I think that, you know, it's interesting because Kicker is a position where I I don't mind going a little early in these drafts and getting two good ones uh, simply because uh, there's so many that aren't good. Uh, Noah Rudell, any thoughts on kickers? I know I'm probably talking out of school a bit on this because we, we really haven't gotten into it yet, but uh, I, I would like your thoughts on that. Uh, kickers are very volatile, so... You know, this is the only format that I play that has kickers uh, doing FFPC. So I don't put a whole lot of study into kickers like I do the other positions just because it's not, 
it's not something that I play in a whole lot of my leagues. You know, in, in best ball, it makes a difference because you're drafting three or four kickers and hoping for, you know, the big spike week when you need it. You know, you'll have weeks where a kicker scores 23 points, and having a week like that can really give you a boost over the competition. So, you know, having three or four kickers is a solid strategy in best ball. But uh, in in the most of the leagues that I do, they're the managed leagues, and so everyone has one kicker, and you drop one them kicker, and pick yep. up somebody else on a buy. So uh, th- this format's a little bit different. You're just you have to choose: do you want to just cover your bases with two or three kickers, or do you want to go for those spike weeks and draft up to four? So. Yep. Yep. I. Uh, it, it's it's interesting, and again, uh, you know that's. That's the thing you don't know. Like the Scott Fishbowl kicks off in a couple of days, and and I know positionally how I want to play that draft, uh, but a lot, you know, can depend on not every. You know, we talk about rational coaching, and uh, you know we can't always expect rational draft picks, even in expert leagues. It doesn't always go the way that you think it might. Yep. Uh. uh Darren, your thoughts on kickers? I, you know, in FFPC, I, I, I'll let the optimizer, you know, take care of that for me. Um, you just this early in the season, you got to make sure you have solid guys to go with. Um, I don't, I'm not typically one of the guys who will go after the top tier kickers, but um, they're they're deep enough that um, with the guys who have secure jobs, you can kind of mix them in there you know it's it's from a statistics perspective three is the optimal number to to draft on those um not that you can't win with two but um sometimes you get in a bind and you have to take two but uh the three is usually the way to go on that you do yep, make a yep. good point though in that if you pick a guy that has a camp battle where you know there's more than one kicker that can potentially win that battle and you, you spend a roster spot on a guy that doesn't end up winning the kicking battle that can put you behind the eight ball. So you know, getting the guys yeah. that have a locked in role is definitely a premium versus guys where you've got a 50, 50 chance. Right. And uh, strangely enough, a lot of those guys end up showing up later in the season, you know, cause other kickers will get cut and then, you know, guys come back onto the scene. I've seen that a lot of times too. So just cause they don't start the season doesn't mean, you know, you won't get them at some point. Yeah, yeah that's, that's, that's a great point. Yep. yep. Um, yeah, I, I've got uh, a different philosophy that I've been running with this year because last year I waited on my best balls, on my kickers, and, you know, I had done that the year before, and I kind of nailed, like I had out uh, Rosa, so the Giants. You know, as a Giant fan, I, I pretty much knew that he was going to be the guy, right? Um, and I could get him in the 23rd, 24th round. So I was really, you know, even if I had an injury and a best ball to a kicker, I had my third kicker was a guy who was locked in for a reasonable workload. Um, but drafting this early, I do tend to uh, try and lock in two decent ones uh, at the very minimal and, uh, you know, I, I feel like when we get this late in drafts, we all think we know who the running backs and the wide receivers are, but it, it, it's, uh, 
you know, I, you, I feel like you got to, tr- you know, I, I know more about running back to Noah's point. I know a lot more about running backs than wide receivers. So if I get two good kickers, I, I don't have to worry. Uh, I'll still probably take a third, uh, but that's, uh, that's the way it goes. Let's go over to Noah Bloom. Noah, uh, y- you say that you're still sore over one or two things. Oh, definitely. Um, in an FFPC format, it's very rare that I don't have at least one um, top five type, type top six uh, tight end. And uh, I've been drafting from the backside a lot, getting Vance McDonald in the end of the sixth. And I knew I wasn't getting him when I came around. And I was going to wait on Doyle. Uh, got sniped on him. Then I decided to punt and said, you know, I'll go get TJ and follow him up with two other lesser tight ends and then lost him. So after that, I just kind of punted the position for a little bit, thought I'd strengthen my team with uh, wide receivers and make sure I had three quarterbacks. Uh, You do a lot of these. Uh, Let's switch. I just took uh, my second kicker. So I've got Justin Tucker and Harrison Butker. If I get a good third one later, fine. If I don't, it's not the end of the world. If I got two good ones, that's kind of how I look at it. Uh, you know, give me your thoughts on kickers and then also uh, on uh, let, let's start a conversation on, on three quarterbacks because, you know, doing fan ball and play draft, I'm almost always a two quarterback guy. And I find that, uh, I, I don't end up with a good third quarter. You know, when you go to kickers early, a lot of times it's at the, at the expense of that third quarterback. This time I got Marcus Mariota, who I think is being is way underdrafted. I think he's in a tier above where he's being drafted. Uh, but uh, let, let's, let's talk about those two things. Um, I'm coming up here. And, uh, All right, uh, let's, let's take that to Williamson then. Let's kick that to Williamson. All right. What was the question? Sorry, I was just making a pick. So, uh, You know, again, the dance at this part of an FFPC draft, right? The, you know, like I find that I, I, I like having two solid kickers. Do you agree? Yes, definitely. I'm, I'm uh, especially at this time of year, I'm big on having at least two really good options at kicker that I feel like have great job security because then that gives me the freedom to kind of, you know, do what I need to do the rest of the draft and not have to worry about, you know, do I have enough kickers and all that kind of stuff. So um, I, I, I just ended up making a, a pick that made me throw up in my mouth a little bit with LaShawn McCoy, but um, you know, at 1609. You can't, you can't beat you know, that. Yeah. And especially since I already had taken Singletary a couple rounds earlier, it's like, okay, you know, I might as well just double down on the, uh, the Buffalo running game there. I feel like, you know, those are uh, out uh, between those two. One of them is more likely to gain whatever lead role there is. And the fact that this is best ball and I don't have to try to guess who to start also helps out. Now, one of my key philosophies, and you know, because this is a, a format with runs. Now, I'm in the middle of the draft uh, at the eighth spot, so it's it's a, a lot harder to get, you know, just completely screwed. Uh, but you know, I've got one of my sayings uh, is it's much better to start a run than end a run. 
and and we'll go back to what Noah Bloom was saying about his tight ends. You know, he, he ended up with uh, Gerald Everett and Noah Fant, uh, and, and that's what can happen when you are, you know, when a run doesn't go your way. And so then you then you're the, the one. What I'm trying to avoid there is I'm trying to avoid taking a suboptimal player. In other words, taking the top kicker over, you know, the 38th or the 43rd running back isn't going to kill me. But if I end up with a kicker who two kickers who lose their job and I've got to take them because, you know, I've got to take kickers because now I don't have any kickers and I know other people are going to take their third. That's what I try and avoid Dan. Yep, exactly. Uh, you know, so it looks like we have a kicker run going in earnest now. We've got uh, what six kickers in a row. Uh, so it's it's going to be interesting to see how uh, the next round or so goes. All right. So, Might as so well here's seven. here's the strategy. <laughs> okay. Since we know these drafts are run heavy, and this is why you know now we're in the middle of a kicker run. Nine or something in a row went, but I don't have to take a kicker because I, you know, have been uh, drafting. My kickers are done. So, you know, I won't say that we've gotten to the suboptimal kicker part yet, but now, you know, you guys, I, I, so I got the best wide receiver and I mean, the best two kickers or two of the top four and now I don't feel like the drop off to who I have to choose from now is is all that bad. Uh, so that that's kind of uh, you know why I think in FFPC you have to be very cognizant of the runs and trying. I'd rather I would much rather start a run than finish a run because often, especially later in drafts, you can come back and get someone reasonable because you know there might have been. 15 or 16 picks since you've been up, but 10 of them were kickers. Uh, so you're really not drafting that far down. Uh, and of course I want to go to Darren, but he's up next. I'm really good at doing that. Noah Rudell, what are your thoughts on that? Uh, if you can start a run, I think it works out. I think uh, your, your first one didn't quite get the run started, but then when you took your second one, that's when people really started to, take them. So sometimes I think maybe if you take two kickers in a row, that's what really gets the, uh, the run going. I think that uh, the, the guy drafting out of the one Oh one taking uh, Gustowski and Tavecchio back to back really is what pushed it into a run. People were kind of taking them here and there until that happened. And then once, once two of them go back to back, everyone starts to jump on it. So yeah, I think that's a good and then, yeah. uh, and the thing is there's people's hand. And that was kind of a defensive move by uh, by no excuses as well, because, you know, he's he's sitting there on the end of the draft, and if that run starts and he doesn't grab a couple, I mean, he could be left with virtually nothing at kicker by the time it comes back to him. Uh, so sometimes right. when you're on the end, you got you got to play those runs a little bit different than when you're in the middle. Uh, agreed. And, that's, and that is, again, uh, uh, you know, and we're going to be doing these drafts it'll be something that I bring up most weeks when we're doing them. Uh, it, it really is, uh, it really is, uh, you know, a nice thing to, you know, 
to be able to do if you can if you can pull it off. And when you're on the corner, you have to be a lot more defensive, like you just said, Dan. I liked I liked how you put that. Yeah, uh, it's just a, it's a matter of you got to be smart about what might be left for you by the time it comes back. Yeah, I agree. Preservation. Yes. <laughs> See what you guys did to me? I just had to take two kickers in a row. I, yep. I got too many giants. So I'm gonna throw up. <laughs> I'm a giant you fan. Take Eli. I, I, I'm a I'm a giant fan, and uh, and and I and I I I've, I'm just like hardly other than Barkley. All right, I'm up. Uh, Darren, why don't you uh, talk a little bit about uh, three quarterbacks? When you like to have your three quarterbacks? Uh, actually. I actually like to go two quarterbacks most of the time, but That's I didn't get I didn't get two that I felt comfortable with. Just and it's often based upon injury history, um, and I seem to be going down the the sewer of the Giants. So I did go ahead and get the the Eli Manning. So maybe he maybe I'll get eight games out of him before uh, his his uh, cohort comes onto the scene, but, um, so yeah, but it's, uh, overall, I'm pretty happy with it. I mean, I, last year in pros versus Joe's, I won with a similar strategy in, in, um, in my particular league. I, in that case, I had all of the, uh, the Tampa Bay Buccaneer wide receivers and that's, that's an upgrade from what I have here, but, um, stacking can sort of, um, give you an unexpected advantage, um, when, um, when you least expect it, so, so you know, so, and and I got McKinnon here at the end of the fifteenth, and you know, he's I had to take had to take him at that point, you know, despite the questions of uh, of his availability and and you know whether what, what his role is going to be in that backfield. That was that might be the latest he's gone all year, in fact. So I have to check on that. Yeah, that's uh, there's no doubt that that was a really good pick. Um, I started very running back heavy and see, this is the thing, you know, it's a different subject, but basically when you, uh, there's always going to be, you know, it's, it's like, uh, you have more areas you want to cover than you have hands to cover them. Right. So, uh, there's always a position that, it's a little tougher. Like I just went, uh, I, you know, I just went defense and that's one of the, the other things right after the kicker runs ends, a lot of times the, the defense run starts. So, um, you know, you really do see wide receivers, uh, tight ends and quarterbacks are normally pretty thinned out by then, but you do see that, you know, sixth, seventh tier of wide receiver and running back really, you know, hang out there for a while because of the runs uh, at the other positions. Uh, let's see. We never did get back to Noah Bloom. Noah, uh, what were we talking about? And can you pick it up from, from there? Um, what were we talking about? Um, my lack of I think it was you hating your draft, but. <laughs> yeah, basically. Um, I went three quarterbacks. I'm normally a two quarterback guy. Uh, I missed the uh, top tier, and so 
I wanted to grab three just to cover the position. Um, I normally don't take my third until like the 22nd round, but Mariota I felt was a tier higher than everyone else, so I took him. Uh, but it's interesting to get thoughts. But go ahead. Yeah, I took. Well, you're my on the clock, second. of course. Of course. All right, give me a sec. All right, while he's doing that, I just want to talk again about the Quant Edge, uh, where I work. I, I do a best ball. Uh, you can get our season pass for $20 with the code BESTBALL. And if you're interested, we've got this betting tool and some other really great tools. Uh, that's what the Quant Edge is known for. Uh, and you can save 25% off with the code Get in the ring. So if you want a season pass uh, at the TQE for uh, DFS uh, get, and get the betting tools, uh, that, that's uh, either one 25% off. Uh, you can also sign up monthly and get 10% off your first month with the code get in the ring. Uh, all right. So uh, we went uh, Devante Parker, did we, Noah? Yeah, we did. Um I'm kind of trying to use wide receiver in this draft for to cover wide receiver, wide receiver and hit the flex spot. Um, so I'm just kind of loading up where I saw a little value there. Yep, I, I think that's pretty fair. So we lost a few people on the pod. We still got uh, plenty. Austin, we haven't heard from you. Are you still around? Austin's not there. Let's see. Uh, uh, let's talk about Dave Terpoli out of the nine spot. Uh, Dan, I'm coming up in a minute. Can you go? Why don't you go? We haven't talked about Dave's draft at all. Uh, why don't you go through his team? Does he work for right. the FFCC? Or works with them? Yeah, he works with them. Yeah, he's, uh, he's – it, it's – I, I don't know that he, I don't think he gets paid by them at all. He just, uh, he helps out a lot. Um, but um, anyway, he's, he's having, I think, uh, you know, a pretty good draft. Uh, he went a little bit more wide receiver heavy, uh, Hopkins and then Chubb and Mac and then Lockett, which I really, really like that Lockett pick where he took him in the fourth. And then, uh, and then he took Ingram and then Cup and Samuel. So he's, he, he went four out of his first seven picks with a uh, wide receiver. He waited a little bit later to address the tight end, uh, Jordan Reed, Darren Waller, and uh, Dawson Knox in rounds 10, 13, and 14. So If you're going to uh, go he's, late, he's those trying... are some really good choices. Yeah, they are. And, uh, you know, and, and the, the odds are, you know, he's got, his, he's got his flexes covered with his other positions. And so he really only needs to, to have one of those tight ends in his lineup every week. And, uh, you know, with best ball format, again, you know, it, it's, it's okay to go with those late round guys because you don't have to pick when they're going to be in your lineup. They'll just be there. Um, he's got Russell Wilson and Jimmy Garoppolo at quarterback. So, you know, to me, he feels a little bit light at quarterback, but, uh, you know, those are, those are two solid guys, I guess. I just worry I like about, uh, you know, yeah, I, I, I worry about Garoppolo and whether he can stay healthy. Um, he would he would not be my choice for a two quarterback build, but uh, you know there's there's still a few guys out there, so he may he may go back and uh, hit it again. Yep. 
So at this point of the draft, um, we're normally pretty deep in the defense run. Uh, it's not going like the kicker run. It, it ha- you know, it, it's more uh, mixed, and we're seeing uh, there's, there is some value at wide receiver and running back that's been coming off the board, I think, a little bit. And uh, our friend Mojo just took Cameron Brait. Um, if uh, O.J. Howard goes down, that uh, that obviously could be pretty good. And uh, let's see. Uh, let's go back. Uh, I wanted to uh, mention Dave's draft. Um, you know, Nick Chubb, Marlon Mack, and DeAndre Hopkins. You know, the ninth spot is a tough spot. Uh, uh, you know, I, I really don't like the ninth spot too much in the FFPC. Um, but, uh, you know, Hopkins is a guy I'm, I'm a little further down on than some people, uh, Noah Rudell, uh, why don't you update us on what's going on with your draft? And then we'll go over to Andrew. Okay. I've got two quarterbacks right now, uh, Dak Prescott and Kirk Cousins, which I was one of the last people to take a quarterback. So I think that did pretty decent with those two. I think both of them are guys that between passing and rushing, they'll each have 30 touchdowns this year. So um, pretty comfortable with those two. And uh, only have two tight ends right now, but I, I like the two that I have. I've got Hunter Henry and Chris Herndon. And then um, been picking up some value a little bit later. I, I just picked Jalen Richard in the 19th round, who's you know a solid PPR fill-in that he could was potentially on my short be list. more. Yeah, he could potentially be more if the uh, Josh Jacobs uh, issues linger into camp and he gets on Gruden's bad side. So uh, I thought he was a solid pick there. But I, I've got two kickers, uh, Gano and Suckup, so Tennessee and Carolina. And uh, I think that I'm about to take a defense right here. And done. So so just took my first defense. And uh, got yep, Josh you, uh, Gordon. Not, not, not too surprising which defense you talked to. I wasn't going to let it get back to you, but. Uh... All right. So uh, let's see. Defense. There's so many left still. Uh, who did I want to take? Uh, Dan, you could talk for a second. I'm going to have to look here a minute. All right. Yeah, you know, you were talking about defensive runs, and one of the reasons why I think that uh, they're a little bit less intense than the kicker runs is just simply because, you know, your defense never gets hurt. Um, You know, so you don't have to worry about your defense getting hurt or getting cut or anything like that. Um, And especially in a sharp room like this, the defenses tend to go off uh, a little bit more scattered. Uh, because people recognize that, you know, while some people are picking defenses, there's other people who are still scooping some late values at, uh, you know, the other positions, though, uh, running back, wide receiver, or um, tight end is is where, you know, people tend to major while the defenses are going. You don't see too many uh, quarterbacks going off, and you don't see too many more kickers going off at this point. Yeah, I just choked. I took Adrian Peterson in the 20th. I don't think I have any. Oh, man, Austin, you son of a gun. That was the other uh, running back I was looking at. I should have taken him. 
Uh, Austin took uh, Bruce Anderson. And, I, I, you know, Peterson is normally long gone by now. Uh, but Bruce Anderson's a guy who really, uh, I, I, I think I made a mistake. Wouldn't you agree, Noah? Yeah, I, I almost took him instead of taking Dallas's defense. I already have Peyton Barber a few rounds earlier. So it would have been nice to get Bruce Anderson on there, but I decided to risk it and take the defense instead because I was fairly certain the defensive run would pick up uh, pretty quickly and looks like that was the wrong choice because it hasn't. So I I, I definitely debated Bruce Anderson there in the, uh, I guess it's the 2003 spot. Yeah, if Geis' knee isn't ready to go, uh, you know, Adrian Peterson there is going to be a great pick. Uh, but Bruce Anderson, you know, he, he's, he's very sneaky. So um, I thought that was a very good pick. All right. So uh, I'm coming up again soon. So I'm starting to throw some names into my queue. Uh, we're going to get out of here at 11. I'm not going to stay uh, like I did last time till the end of the draft. Uh, you know, you'll be able to follow along uh with our draft board that we have out. Uh, I'm doing another get in the ring probably next Friday uh, with Elliot Crist will co-host with me. It looks like, so I got a list already, but if you do want to get in, if you think it's fun, you'd like to come on a podcast and you, you think you could take on some high stakes players and some analysts, DM me on Twitter at Todd from PA. That's with one D Todd from PA. And uh, and I'll, I'll do my best to get you in. Um, Andrew, go ahead. Yeah, so I'm, uh, I'm up in one pick here, but I think in the in the middle rounds, I attempted to get some of those running backs that are maybe more of the ZRB kind. I went for Brita, as we discussed earlier, Mike Davis, Kalen Balage. I like those. Well, I think Chris Carson is a stud. I kind of wanted one other guy, or you know, one other guy from that group to at least pop and help me out there. Uh, the other kind of big thing that I would did in the draft was I tried to get the spike week wide receivers. I went Robert Foster, and came behind me and grabbed the second and third guy from my list, Callaway and Albert Wilson. Um, I ended up grabbing Sanu, which I liked. Uh, and then I think that the big guy that you know I, I listen to a lot of podcasts, you know, Dan and I think Noah as well. You guys have been touting up uh, Josh Oliver. I, I actually live here in Jacksonville. Uh, he, you know, I, I got a guy on the Jaguars, I'll admit, and he loves Josh Oliver. You know, he's all about, you know, the way this offense is going to go tight and heavy with Foles. And so I actually like Josh Oliver to, you know, kind of crack that maybe like top 15. He's going to have some spike weeks, but I think that he's going to be a really solid asset in the tight end uh, group, even as a rookie. So I, I like that pick as my third tight end there. Yeah, I, I like that. I, I just got John Brown in the 21st round. I, I don't think there's anything wrong with that. Uh, I was mad that I didn't get A.J. Brown, but then I saw John Brown. So pretty happy there. Uh, uh, Dan, what do you think? Yeah, for sure. I mean, there's there's been some great picks uh, coming off the board here in the last couple rounds. I, I love the Oliver pick. Uh, I've been all over uh, Josh Oliver and Dynasty. Uh, and he makes sense in a best ball here too. Uh, and then we've had some, some interesting uh, and good wide receivers come off. Uh, uh, Noah 
Noah Bloom uh, crushed me by taking A.J. Brown. That, that was who I had queued up and ready to go for my uh, 21st round pick. And uh, unfortunately, he got to him first. But uh, we've got uh, Byron Pringle uh, taken by Austin Martin. That's not a surprise. That's a guy he likes to uh, to hit pretty regularly. But uh, Byron, Byron is kind of an interesting sleeper on Kansas City because he's been getting a lot of positive notes out of uh, the minicamps. Uh, he's been talked up well. He's a second-year receiver, uh, whereas Nicole Hardman, uh, you know, has the draft pedigree, but Byron Pringle's got that year in the offense ahead of him. So I think it's going to be really interesting to see uh, which of those two if either ends up grabbing a significant chunk of the offense while um, while uh, uh, Tyree Kill is out. Yeah, Byron yep. Pringle uh, at K-State, he's – he stepped in and took over for Tyler Lockett when Tyler Lockett was drafted, and he was really, really good, really productive at K-State. So he was a right. guy that I liked a lot coming out in the draft, but uh, didn't seem that the NFL liked him as much. So, And that's something you see more with the pros, I'm noticing. Uh, well, I call them the pros. I, I mean, the high-stakes guys. Uh, you, you find them a lot more aggressive taking – the, you know, like Austin just took Byron Pringle and Bruce Anderson back to back. Um, you know, uh, I've been trying to emulate that a lot more in my drafting. I think that that is a very good strategy and something that I've learned from these high stakes guys. So uh, you guys are rubbing off on me, Austin. Yeah, it's yeah, that's, ceiling that's... chasing. What's that? <laughs> It's chasing ceilings, not uh, not looking for guys with high floors, but chasing ceilings late in your draft. Yeah, I, I think that that is a very, very, very good thing. Uh, I'm going to take my second defense here, and then we'll kick it right back to Austin. Uh, I mean, meaning he's on the yeah, clock. Speaking of which, Noah just grabbed David Moore, who's – David Moore is a great upside pick at wide receiver too. I really like him. Uh, you know, he could, great he could hold off uh, DK Metcalf for a long time. Yeah. Great. If you look at his he's... fantasy. Yeah. If, if you look at his Go fantasy ahead, no. points per target. Yeah. If you look at his fantasy points per target, uh, he's in really, really elite territory. A lot of that comes from the efficiency that you get from Russell Wilson, but uh, he's up there right in between, I think, uh, DeAndre Hopkins and um, Devontae Adams and, and Michael Thomas, kind of in that tier as far as his productivity with the opportunity that he's received. So any kind of spike in opportunity could you know, mean a lot of fantasy points. So just something to keep in mind. I don't mind taking yeah. that in the 22nd round. No. Uh, uh, yep. he, you know, I, I've kind of cooled on him lately, and I shouldn't have uh, because he is – he really is that kind of guy that you're looking for uh, late in drafts. Um, you know, that guy, because when he does get you a big, uh, you know, when you talk about those fantasy points, those fantasy points are all coming at once. Uh, in other words, he's, uh, you know, he's hitting a 40 yard touchdown pass and getting you 11 or 12 points. Those are, those are points that you can book uh, in yeah. In, in best ball. And uh, I think that that's very important. Uh, Mojo, thoughts? Uh, okay, well, I went to Mojo when he wasn't on the clock. Amazing. Yeah, I'm here. Um, 
following the draft. I was zoning out on a conversation. What, what's, what's the question there, Todd? I don't know. I'm making a list. Someone tell them what the question was. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm in the zone. Uh, I, I'm, I, I'm I, you know, for, first time in like, uh, I'm seeing all these uh, high upside guys getting off the board. And it's because, you know, doing the podcast, normally I would have brought them forward. Um, I can't, I, I, I just choked on, uh, I just choked on, uh, on AP over uh, Bruce Anderson, but uh, I, I, you know, but uh, it, it, yeah, so it, it's interesting. Uh, all right. I got some of them. So I want to talk again. We got 13 minutes left. I want to talk a little bit about uh, the FFPC, our friends over there. We're obviously working on their software uh, today doing this draft. And, uh, you know, they are really, uh, you know, one of my favorites. They're very, very good people. And they are uh, have that whole draft slot thing. So uh, if, if you ever wanted to compete against the best, uh, they've got a half million dollar first prize this year. Uh, and you get to go to Vegas and meet a lot of the guys that are going to be on these podcasts over the next month. I've got some other really good pros lined up to, uh, you know, high stakes guys lined up. I've got, uh, uh, Dominic Rohde, uh Caleb Alcorn, who actually won Pros versus Joes last year, Craig Campbell, Mike Stanowski, uh, Jeremy is going to come back uh, on an episode, uh, Crack Rock is going to come back on an episode. So we've got a lot of really good high price guys coming back up. Uh, and Mojo, have you ever had anyone? Uh, uh, get close to winning back-to-back with pros, Joe's? I don't think so. I mean, it's really hard um, to win that. Uh, we did have one guy who won. I, I'd have to look. I, on, if you go to the website at, at fantasymojo.com, we do have a pros versus Joe's history page. And it, basically anybody who's ever played the competition is listed there, and it'll it'll rank where they stood in the overall standings for that particular year. I think we have one person that won twice, um, but not back to back. I think that that might have been Tim McCullough, or did he win? I forget. Um, but to, to tell you how far back this goes, we had Mike Clay participate when he was with DraftCountdown.com. That's how long ago you know we've been running these drafts. So that's like way back in history. Um, but if if people are interested. You know, if, if you pick any name in the industry, they've probably participated in this at one time or the other. So you can hit the history page and uh, and see, um, you know, year by year performance of the players. I think Sigmund Bloom's come pretty close to winning uh, division titles at least back to back. Interesting. Uh, another couple of uh, I, I finally got on the. Uh, the sleeper run. I took Dion Kane right after Austin Martin took one of my favorite running backs, uh, late Rodney Anderson. Uh, Austin, what do you like about Rodney Anderson? I, I know he's one of my favorites. All right. We, we lost Austin. Uh, let's go back to, An- uh, let's go back to Brandon. I haven't talked to Brandon in a dog's age. Brandon, how you doing? <laughs> 
No, not bad. Uh, <clears throat> getting to the tail end of the draft, so I'm not definitely not used to drafting this deep. So we'll see see how these go. I'm just trying to fill out a few spots to get what I've seen is supposed to be the optimal uh, roster construction. So hopefully, hopefully there's still some some uh, defenses and tight ends available by the time he gets back to me. Gotcha. Uh, let's see. Let's go over to, uh, we're getting down to the end here. Noah Bloom, uh, take a, take up a minute. Sure. So, um, I, like I said before, I just hit wide receiver over and over again, trying to cover four of my, uh, roster spots each week. Um, and most of the, most of the wide receivers I took in this best ball, we're kind of the uh, home run type guys, you know, long touchdowns, Marvin Jones, T.Y. Hilton, Devontae Parker, um, Dante Pettis. And then I just picked up Josh Reynolds, who um, underrated, you know, a little bit buried on the team, but um, he's good for a few um, breakout games each year. So I feel, I feel pretty good overall. Gotcha. Uh, all right, we got eight minutes left. Dan Williamson, your turn. Okay, yeah, we um, we I went ahead and went with a third defense. Uh, tried to be one of the first people to grab a third defense, uh, just because there was one left, Seattle, that I really really liked. Um, so I took them in the twenty third, and uh, yeah, now we're getting down to the point where most teams have two defenses, so. Uh, we're going to start seeing a lot more of the running back, wide receiver, uh, tight end types heading off the board right now uh, as everybody looks to kind of fill out those final spots. Noah, you were big on Demarcus Robinson a while back, uh, Noah Rudell. Um, what are your thoughts on Robinson now? Yeah, I, I was uh, – I brought Robinson up back before the draft as a why is nobody drafting this player type question because at the time nobody was drafting him. Um, after that, they drafted Mecole Hardman, and since then Tyree you, you Hill mean Mecole has... Horny. Sure, sure, Mecole Horny. Um, and then so they've drafted Mecole Hardman, and then Tyreek Hill's suspension has become a little bit more nebulous. Possibly it's going to be shorter than we thought early on, and then also Byron Pringle has come on. So I still like Robinson as a guy that could potentially get you a few touchdowns. You know, he could he could play like the Chris Conley role from last year because Chris Conley has moved on to Jacksonville. So uh, there's still some opportunity there, but he's falling further down draft boards now because his path to a big opportunity has narrowed. I, I agree with that sentiment. I, I've been off him the last couple of weeks, um, and I was uh, and uh, I thought it was a good. Uh, you know, we were getting him in what, like the seventeenth, eighteenth round on draft. Uh, he it yeah. was definitely worth a sh- it was definitely worth a shot at the time, and there's no regrets in best ball. I mean, you know, we can only go by the information we have at the time. And I still think it's very possible that he plays ahead of Michael Hartman this year, um, you know, who's a who's a rookie learning the system. But you know, it's, it's a guy that if you want to, yeah, if you want to take a, a dart throw on 
uh, on Robinson late. I think that that's still perfectly fine. I think a few months ago when he was one of you know three healthy receivers on the roster, it was a no-brainer pick, but I think it's more of a dark throw now. Yeah, I, I don't disagree. Uh, let's see. Uh, Andrew, uh, any thoughts on, you know, uh, some of the surprising people that you've seen go lately? Anybody? No, I like the back-to-back uh, JJ or J. Jaw and then Taylor Gabriel picks. Uh, looking at another wide receiver instead of a third defense, ended up picking a third defense. Um, I think good advice again, not to not to single out Dammy. He happens to be behind me, but you know he's given advice in, in a previous setting. Essentially, don't you know, get, get your kickers early, and of course, I, I didn't get my kickers early. So essentially, I've I've selected my two and going to stick with my two and hope for the best. Um, I'm really looking in these late rounds for those spike week wide receivers and some kind of uh, maybe those running backs with, with you know the, the one injury away from a lot of opportunity. Uh, so I think that that's the goal in these next what uh, four rounds here. Yeah, I took uh, Cairo Santos. Uh, you know, I don't even know because I, 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 I've always liked him back from when he was with KC. Uh, in Tampa Bay, it, does he have competition in, in Tampa Bay? Does anyone know? Um, I think he does. I'm not sure who it is, though. But that's that's the kind of high upside. Yeah. I mean, we're, we're talking about that being one of the better offenses in the league. Uh, you know, uh I know I had two good kickers, so maybe that wasn't the best choice. But uh, I, I, yeah, I didn't mind. Matt Gay is his competition. Who is in uh, in Tampa Bay? Matt Gay is his competition in Tampa. Yeah, that's it. That's it. You're right. Anybody know anything okay. about him other than the obvious? Um, anyone know anything mm-hmm. about him? <laughs> nope. Um, so I, I, I am in the process right now of collecting Buffalo running backs. Um, I have three of the four. So if anybody wants well. to take Gore, if anybody wants to take Gore and save me for myself, they're more than welcome. Um, I, but right I, I now, think Yeldon, I think Yeldon's a pretty decent one. I, I do like Yeldon. I've, you know, and the fact I, what I like about him is how late you can get him and how good he is in the passing game. And, uh, you know, so I'm just hoping that uh, he'll somehow grab a share of that backfield at some point during the season. And, and, well, in, I, and in best it, ball, right? It, you got to assume it, that's going to pop, right? Is there such a thing as being sniped in the 25th round? If so, uh, Austin just sniped me with uh, Jordan Scarlett. Yeah. <laughs> uh, see where am I? I got one, two, three, four, five, six. All right. So uh, I got a pick. And uh, then we got to close this out a little bit. Um, I was going to take him. You know, similar to what you were saying about Cairo Santos, I took Zane Gonzalez in the round prior because he's the only kicker on the roster currently in Arizona. And if we think that's going to be one of the highest scoring offenses, you know, I might as well take a shot on Zane Gonzalez as my third kicker. 
All right. Well, I, I want to thank everyone who participated in this draft. We've got one minute left. I'm going to wrap it up. Um, you can find me on Twitter at Todd from PA. If you look at the link uh, that I sent out for this draft, I put everyone's Twitter. Uh, if you could give everyone a follow, I would appreciate that. And, uh, you know, we've given the codes and all the things, but uh, definitely if you want to get into this contest, let me know on Twitter. I will do the best I can to uh, do as many of these as I can. Uh, everyone have a pretty good time doing this? Yeah. Excellent. Yeah, absolutely. It's been a lot of fun. All right. That's going to do it, folks. Uh, that's it for this podcast. Uh, and, uh, you know, just don't be a... Good night, everyone. <laughs>